And the men of the garrison answered Jonathan and his armor-bearer, and said, Come up to us, and we will show you a thing. And Jonathan said to his armor-bearer, Come up after me, for the Lord hath delivered them into the hand of Israel. 1 Samuel 14.12 Dear Lord, today I ask that you give me the courage of Jonathan, who was able to see victory in a seemingly impossible situation. When the odds seem stacked against me, I choose to see myself overcoming all challenges that are before me. Whether two or two thousand, I will move with precision and execute my plan of attack, knowing that your hand of favor is upon me and all those who are fighting alongside me to claim the territory and promises you've laid before us. The day of vindication and validation is upon me. Thank you, God, that through you and your power, no weapon formed against me will prosper. When prideful people in positions of influence try to abuse their power and try to strike down my ideas and purpose, I declare that you will surround me with men and women of influence who will protect my post, as the soldiers did for Jonathan. I announce today that I am your person. I am the one you've chosen to step into new camps and doors of opportunities. I am victorious. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for praying with us today. Continue your time with God by listening to today's Bible story. Brought to you by BibleInAYear.com Jonathan's Victory In our last story, we learned of Saul's pride and disobedience. Although he claimed many victories, his attitude against God was muddied by his own pride and anxiety. Now we peer into the heart of Jonathan, Saul's son. His bravery and resolve to do what is right is contrasted against Saul's descending heart, inspired by the book of 1 Samuel. Hello, this is Jack Graham with today's episode of the Bible in a Year podcast. In our previous story, we heard of Saul's growing pride and how it led him to dishonor God with a thoughtless, disobedient sacrifice. When confronted by Samuel about his disobedience, Saul chose to make excuses and attempted to justify himself rather than repenting and seeking God's forgiveness. This would tragically become a pattern in the life of Saul. Today we'll see a contrast to this prideful and insecure king in his own son, Jonathan. We'll hear how Jonathan faces the Philistines and emerges victorious, while Saul struggles to do things his own way, causing his own men to suffer unnecessarily. Father and son will clash, and loyalties will be tested. Let's listen now to today's reading. The camp of Israel was still. Preparations for battle were almost complete, and the men waited silently in their tents for orders. In his tent Saul stood in his own self-loathing because of what Samuel had said. Would his kingdom be taken away from him so soon? Saul thought to himself, Meanwhile, Saul's son Jonathan beckoned his armor-bearer and said, Let us go over the other side of the hill to the Philistine camp. 
Perhaps there are weaknesses we are unaware of. So Jonathan and his servant crossed over the hills silently, for Jonathan did not desire for any attention or objections. They climbed over the rocky hill and hid under one of the crags beside a rock. There they could see the Philistine camp going about their business. The sun was making its descent, and the soldiers were getting ready for the night to fall. Jonathan peered at the Philistine garrison. There were about twenty men standing on the outskirts of the rest of the camp. He did not see them as others did. While others trembled at their numbers, Jonathan saw men too consumed with their own wickedness to fight bravely. He knew that the Lord would go before them. Jonathan and the armor-bearer crouched silently under the rock. Jonathan turned to his armor-bearer and whispered, Perhaps God will work for us this day. If God wants victory, he shall get it. It does not matter whether it is two men or two thousand. His armor-bearer looked at Jonathan and nodded, I am with you, heart and soul. The two smiled and stood upright for the Philistines to see them. They sauntered into camp, and the Philistine soldiers noticed them approaching. The Philistines were not threatened in the least by Jonathan and his servant. Hebrews, they laughed. Come on over here, Hebrews. We will show you around. The Philistines <laughs> cackled and spat on the floor. Jonathan and the armor-bearer walked slowly. Jonathan could feel the favor of God in that place. To him, it was only a matter of swinging his axe. The Lord would do the rest. God is before us, Jonathan said, and the two leapt into the group of men. Jonathan swung his axe with decisiveness, with his armor-bearer fighting beside him. The two of them fought off the advances of twenty men. Metal clashed against metal, and Jonathan struck down every man that ran towards them. The two of them danced with their blades, and the rest of the Philistines scattered in confusion. Darkness began to settle under the sky, and all of a sudden, the Philistines began to fight one another in confusion. They thought they were under attack by over a hundred men, so they stumbled into each other's swords. The watchmen of Israel could see a restlessness in the Philistine camp below. They brought word to Saul, and he had his men count to see who was missing from among them. Jonathan and his armor-bearer, they reported. So Saul rallied the rest of the army, and the entirety of Israel's army stormed the Philistine camp. The battle stretched for miles as Philistines scattered in a thousand different directions. Confusion and hysteria overcame the Philistines, for they were caught completely off guard. Some of the surrounding villages caught word that the Philistines were running away, so they sent some of their soldiers to join the Israelite army. God had used Jonathan to scatter the Philistines, and one by one they fell at his feet. So the Lord saved Israel that day, and the battle passed beyond Bethlehem. There was still a vast number of Philistines to be slain. Saul, in a rash moment of passion, gave orders for the men to not eat until every Philistine had been killed. He wanted to incentivize his soldiers, but instead he left them without fuel or energy for battle. Jonathan, however, continued to eat. He would snack on honey to replenish his energy, and then return to the battlefield for more victory. Eat and be filled, Jonathan said to his men. Look at me, I have eaten, and now have the strength to continue. So Jonathan had his men eat the food they found in the Philistine camp. Saul soon realized that his men were growing weaker by the hour. So he ordered for a feast to be prepared to serve the men before sending them out again to raid the Philistine cities. 
He discovered that Jonathan had been feasting on honey and giving some to his men as well. Saul's pride sparked rage inside of him. What have you done? Saul yelled. Jonathan was breathing heavily from battle. He looked closely at his father. He was growing mad. He could see it in his eyes. Saul was becoming irresponsible and his mind was fogged. Jonathan did not know at this time that God's favor had been removed from him. Jonathan stood up straight and said, I ate honey. Jonathan stretched out his arms and said, Here I am. If I must die, then so be it. Saul's brow furrowed and his mouth tensed up with anger. He pointed to his son and said, You shall die for it. And Saul lifted his sword to strike down his son. In that instant, the soldiers surrounded Jonathan and said, You shall not harm one hair on his head, for he is the one who has worked out this salvation for Israel. The soldiers formed a wall between Saul and Jonathan. In that instant, Saul knew that he was no longer king. In title, yes, but he did not have the hearts of his men. Today's story begins on a battlefield. It's a fight with the Philistines. But rather than being focused on the enemy at hand, Saul is sulking, licking his wounds after Samuel's chastisement. He's finally coming into his own as king, and now God has told him his days as leader are numbered. His son Jonathan, on the other hand, isn't interested in fame or glory, but in the battle that was in front of him and how the Philistine army might be defeated. He quietly sneaks away with his armor-bearer into the Philistine camp, confident that God can give him victory if that is his will. Listen to the words of Jonathan in 1 Samuel 14.6. Come, let us go over to the garrison of these uncircumcised. It may be that the Lord will work for us, for nothing can hinder the Lord from saving by many or by a few. Jonathan realized something that we all should remember. When something is God's will, nothing can stop it. Centuries later, the Apostle Paul would write in Romans chapter 8, If God is for us, who can be against us? So Jonathan and his armor-bearer face off against 20 Philistines and defeat them. This sends fear throughout the Philistine camp, and soldiers begin to scatter in confusion. This clash catches the attention of the Israelites, and soon word reaches Saul that Jonathan and his armor-bearer are missing. No doubt Saul did not want his son Jonathan to get credit for the victory, so he marshals his troops for battle. He even calls for the ark to be brought, but this was no act of devotion on Saul's part. While Saul maintained an outward appearance of piety and righteousness, his heart was really focused on his own glory and power. Once again, Saul acts impatiently, and Israel goes into battle against the confused Philistines. Many of their enemies are defeated, but not all. Still, Israel was saved that day because of Jonathan's courage and action. And this didn't go unnoticed by the people. Saul isn't satisfied with the results of the battle, and he wants to keep going until all the Philistines are defeated. So he issues a ridiculous command that no sensible commander would dare give to his men. He vows that no man will eat until every Philistine is dead. As you would expect, this foolish command weakens the men, and they are not strong enough to face a powerful enemy. But Jonathan, wise Jonathan, does not allow the restrictions to apply to him, and he nourishes himself with honey. He has his men also eat from food in the Philistine camp. 
So Saul finally relents. He throws a feast for the people so they can be strengthened for battle. By now, he's all about the grand gestures and displays of his personal power. His terrible leadership is on full display. But when he discovers Jonathan has eaten despite the prohibition, Saul confronts his son. Jonathan, rather than making excuses or hiding the truth, comes clean with no apologies. But he also submits to whatever punishment would come his way, including death. Jonathan is a clear contrast to his father. Jonathan is humble and committed to the Lord, willing to own his actions. And when Saul tries to kill his own son to show Israel that he's the man in charge, the people stand up for Jonathan and will not allow it. Saul, for all of his posturing and pride, had lost the command of his people, just as God said he would. Dear God, help us to be a man like Jonathan, humble and always trusting in you and willing to make decisions that honor you. Thank you for his example in this story today. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to today's Bible in a Year podcast. I'm Jack Graham of Dallas, Texas, and you can download the Pray.com app and make prayer the priority of your life. It is our prayer that you would know Jesus Christ in a personal way. Jesus and knowing him is the key to understanding the Bible. Jesus is on every page in the pathway of Scripture. So I pray that you would know him and look to him for eternal life. As we see all of these stories, some of them very sordid, we realize just how desperately we all need the Lord. So invite Christ into your life and receive him as your Lord and Savior. I would also encourage you to download the Pray.com app and let others know about this podcast. And if you want more resources on how to know God and experience His presence in your life, be sure to visit jackgraham.org. God bless you. This episode is sponsored by MediShare, an innovative healthcare solution for Christians to save money without sacrificing quality.